introduce us Hello. to your, your dead podcast. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. Hello. Too, too soon. I'm doing it. Welcome to the Gosh Daniel podcast, a, a podcast that we don't do anymore yeah. that I haven't hosted for two years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, welcome to Movie Overload. Uh, a movie podcast that we do that's like a book club movie podcast thing where we are discussing 100 films throughout the right. history of cinema from uh, a trip to the moon to Parasite and everything in between except for Woody Allen fuck. Yeah. Heck that guy. We d yeah. That's yeah. what we're doing. I, I normally don't do the intro and I usually come in with fuck that guy. But I had oh, to that's just true. fit it in just now. And it was weird for me, but there we go. Uh, yeah. Fuck Woody Allen. Um, you did good. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> works. It works. We're, we're here, and it's episode, I don't know, 27, I think. Uh, we're in the episode 30s, aren't we? We're in the 1962. Episode 1962. Well, yeah, uh, we've, we've done it. We've cracked, like, the vast majority of decades now that, that <laughs> we're covering, right? This will be episode 32. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. We've made it into our sixth we're decade. Sixth almost, decade. Almost yeah. a third of the way through the podcast. Wow. Which really makes it feel like it's kind of bottom heavy, I guess, the list, now that I think about it. I tried to make it even, and I didn't, because I don't think we covered any movies from the 10s. I think we just skipped over the 10s entirely. Mm. I mean, I feel like that's not our fault. I feel like it's the fault of the 10s. <laughs> yeah, fair. We'll make up for it in the 2010s. We're a 10s hate podcast. They should have <laughs> sucked so much. <laughs> I mean, nothing the fashion. Of value in the 10s. Speaking of fashion, mm. the fashion in this movie. Oh my gosh. Chef's kiss. The, the second dress that she wears. Or... Oh, with the little pleats. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. We were we were watching it together over the teleparty, and we were just both chatting about that the entire time. It was really good. Yeah. Fashion very good. I'm not gonna lie, I liked her hair way better without the wig. It's way better. Like just the little curls and the, like her little fringe, so cute. Yeah, it the the wig that she had originally was like, just like a very flattened Marie Antoinette type. <laughs> like it was, it's just a bit too much. Um, but you know, I like as soon as she took off the wig, I remembered that it was a wig because I. I have seen this movie before. I have raved about this movie and kind of ranted about it to people. And I didn't remember very, uh, what I guess is kind of a, a pivotal bit in the movie, you know, thematically at least. Anyway, um, it's good. I like it. Oh, by the way, um, my name is Tofu. You can see this if you're on the YouTube. Wow. Um, and, and with me as always, or as usual, is um, different people. I'm Hunter. <laughs> I'm Anna, oh. which I guess if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that I'm Anna with no H's. Wow. And if you're true. listening, I'm Anna with no H's. So now we all know. Yeah. In case you forgot. It's been a bit since we recorded. <laughs> yeah. Get I back mean, into the groove of it. technically it hasn't been because we're always recording every time somebody's listening. So this is actually live. Even if you can't see a little chat on the side of where you are, this is a live stream directly to you. And if you pause it, we will just sit there in silence and not move until you hit play again. I used to imagine that the CD I would listen to as a kid had like a live band on top, like the CD player had a live band on top. And I always felt bad because I listened to the CD like four times in a row and I was like, sorry guys, you have to play it again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I... I don't think I ever thought that something like that was happening, but I definitely always thought that, like, for example, like, my toys were real. Like, I definitely thought they were all alive. Well into, like, my tweens, I think. I was I was pretty confident that, like, <laughs> if I had, like, a stuffed pig or something like that and I, like, let it fall behind the bed and collect dust, that it would, like, you know, hate me forever. And... I'll get revenge on you someday. Yeah. Sounds like Toy Story 3 to me. Yeah, I guess that's basically... Wow, yep. I hated that movie. I didn't like reasons. it. It... <laughs> it upset me. Yeah. And I don't like things that upset me. <laughs> exactly. That's why... I mean, hey, that's why we uh, we liked to shit on Gone with the Wind. It is upsetting. It is. 
um, and racist, like potentially part of this movie as well. We're actually. I was going to say, speaking oh, yeah. of racism. That's really weird. But we're talking about Cleo from five to seven, a generally good movie. But what is that one bit? I don't know. I think the moral of the story of the entire film is that sunglasses, hear me out, make you racist. As long as you don't wear sunglasses, you're fine. Which makes it awkward for Agnes Varda's lifelong friend, J.R., the photographer, that is only seen wearing sunglasses. Mm. Yeah, that's rough. And also, I feel like all of France in that new wave era, like, sunglasses are kind of, like, the, the look. But... Mm. Also, I feel like I've seen so many images of... Uh, I, bl- I, I blanked on the director's name. I'm Agnes a- Varda? Yeah. Well, I already said it, didn't I? Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I've seen a, several images of Agnes Varda wearing sunglasses as well, so... I guess she's letting us know that she's racist. Mm, but only sometimes. Okay, but also, what is the point of it actually, right? Because there's that, whatever right. it is, chapters seven or eight of the movie is is this, like, you know, overcranked, like, st- like uh, old-timey uh, footage yeah. thing that's supposed to be a comedy. But is what happens, the guy thinks that his girlfriend... Because when he sunglasses, he thinks she's African-American and then she dies. It's weird. And then he takes off his sunglasses and then... I feel like time-wise it doesn't make sense. Because, yeah, he, like, puts on the glasses and it puts him, like, in this mirror world, apparently. Right, because he looks the wrong way. Yeah, it's all reversed and everything's dark. Like, the car is dark and she's, unfortunately, dark um, in in a weird way. And then it that all plays out. And then he, like, goes and buys the big flower thing and he's like crying but then he takes the sunglasses off and is like because he was crying yeah and then it all plays out again but like different and everything but in the story where he's not wearing sunglasses she doesn't die spoiler alert she's also white yeah but the other guy dies it's weird and and he (laughs) it it kind of reminded me of uh, of they live just because of wearing sunglasses mm. the, the john carpenter movie oh okay because that's one where he's he's like finds sunglasses and it exposes the uh exposes the 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 rich people as the creepy alien monsters that they really are mm. <laughs> that's a fun movie <laughs> it's weird should, that, it's not actually that related to what happened. I was trying to think this, of like but, um, if this is thematically related it, to this it movie. It definitely is it not. It makes it more racist. N- it's not. No, it really is not. It just made me, I think, think of it because I was like, oh yeah, when putting on sunglasses makes you, for some reason, see the world a different way. But other than that, it's not at all related. Okay. Well, that's it. That's you know, I, I guess that also <laughs> has been taken from Agnes Varda, like everything else. I was watching ah. this and realizing just how much influence this movie seems to have at the very least visually on like everything that I like. Um, Like when we watched uh, the 400 blows, there were some elements of the way that it was shot that like felt like, for example, something that happened in Francis Ha a lot of times, but this movie like way more than anything else. Like so much of this movie is people like walking on like the side of a street and Mm -hmm. Agnes Varda is shooting it from it like kind of a close-up but like from inside a car as it's moving yeah. say, and that's every shot in francis ha yeah <laughs> like literally every shot there's a lot of driving and moving mm-hmm. in this like she's um, very busy for what takes place in an hour and a half mm-hmm. in real time not gonna lie it took me a long time to catch on to the title cards oh, mm. yeah. i was like ah oh, it's in french it's kind of cool blast and then i was like oh my gosh it's time it's time and then it also shows the perspective character which you know for the whole first bit of the movie doesn't matter because it just says cleo over and over and over again until at one point the camera she leaves the frame and it like stays in on antoine and then it the new title card comes up and it says antoine and then you're like (laughs) oh my gosh it that pays off which i just i don't know i thought that was really neat interesting 
Didn't and then there was, that. and then the, the last title card is Antoine and Cleo, hmm. um, which is, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Because she spent most of the movie with other people and they don't have that kind of importance. They aren't considered a perspective character. And in a way she's not really herself with anybody else. I don't want to dive in like instantly into like some of my interpretation, but like, I think there's sort of this, this notion of she's alone just entirely until she meets Antoine and she's consumed even when she does have like space by herself to, to be able to deal with like, obviously the very like dark lingering, like I have test results of me potentially having cancer that I, I don't know yet. And I'm worried about it. Um, even in all of that, she doesn't ever give her spell self space to breathe. She's still thinking about um, her, the way that other people perceive her. Even after she takes off the wig, you're able to see like she's a bit more of herself, but then she goes on a walk, which you think is her going to kind of just be by herself and reflect and whatever. And then like, what does she do? She like goes to the cafe and goes to the jukebox and plays the song that she made and just walks around to see what everybody else thinks of it. She's, she's just always kind of consumed with herself. And then you kind of final, finally see at the end of the movie that she's not like the the when she finally gets back the results after all of this time of stressing out about it she's basically saying like i feel i feel okay right now like look mm -hmm. it it's it's so beautiful here in this garden and whatever she's she's kind of let it go and that's when it, the news finally comes um now that she's actually like prepared to handle that news i guess that's my thought yes <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, I think it was just very impactful. I got to see the last bit of it again for second or, or third time or whatever. And <laughs> I don't know. It was meant a lot. Um, do you guys have a, any interesting things to, to bring to this? Uh, so it's, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I've been thinking as you're kind of going through the timeline of her becoming comfortable with herself and so she takes off the wig and goes into the cafe and is still showing off and showing off for the world and she goes on this walk and she's looking at people's faces almost to judge their reaction to her mm -hmm. um and i thought that was really interesting especially with beauty and vanity being major themes in this movie that she's looking at other people so often and looking at other people to see how they perceive her but also are they beautiful? Do they think I'm beautiful? Do mm. I think they're beautiful? And I feel like the first point of transition is when she meets her friend in the sculpture studio. And she's like, oh my gosh, you are being looked at in your rawest form. Mm. And I don't have the confidence to do that. And I think that's the first place where she lets down her first guard, if that makes sense. Mm where she first realizes how real her friend is and how confident she is in her body and how Cleo can also be that confident. And the second stage of transition, I think, is when she's in the park and she's walking around and she's, like, singing her song, but clearly very self-consciously singing. And she's walking down this path and she, like, turns her head and all of the benches are empty. And she realizes that there's nobody there to be singing to, to be performing for, and she stops and kind of shuts down until Antoine, is that his name? What's his name? Antoine? I don't, I'm not a French person. Antoine, Antoine is probably Antoine, actually how you pronounce that it. Boy. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, until he comes and that's when she really begins, I think, to f see herself. And it's it's interesting because you would think that someone in her position when confronted with a man that clearly thinks she's attractive, would become more self-conscious and more wanting to put on airs. But the fact that she almost decides to be real with him, I think that's really interesting. That like even before he brings up the concept of nudity and nakedness, she's already decided to be, for lack of a better word, nude with him, which mm. I think is really cool. Yeah. Hmm. That is really interesting. Yeah, that's that's a theme in that movie that like I could tell had significance, but was feeling like it was kind of passing me by a little bit. Um, 
because yeah, I was, I was busy just being like, I could never do that. Like, I don't, I also am in a position of, I, I guess I feel like maybe a lot of times thinking a lot about how I'm being perceived and not ever just like being that like full raw honestness. I feel like there's actually, there's a lot to take from this movie, even if maybe Cleo isn't like, I don't know that she's a character that people are supposed to like look up to and take from so much as experience what she's experiencing with her. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's, I don't know. Hmm. I have to think about that more. <laughs> it's definitely like, I, I unfortunately watched this movie in kind of a cramped time period. I, <laughs> The last few days were weird, and I might have watched it kind of right before we recorded. So it was a little cramped, and I, I honestly feel like I didn't fully take everything in. So I want to watch it again, give it all another shot. And I've just kind of found that movies like this generally don't have their full impact on me the first watch, which I hmm. guess is true for a lot of movies. So I want to revisit it, but like, I don't know. I kind of saw what they were trying to do, and I, I do like it. And I don't know. Yeah, bits still stood out that feel thought-provoking that we said like again just talking about the her model friends like i think she had a line in there where she said like isn't it something like my body makes me happy not proud mm. or something like that yeah and i thought that was something that could be very interesting to think about like not just about one's physicality but just like just because i feel like i hear people talk about like being proud of your work or something and like mm. what would it what would it mean to be it, for that to be something that you're happy about and not just proud of and I'm like hmm, that feels mm. interesting and i would like to think about that more oh, that's really especially if your body doesn't make you happy like yeah. there are definitely days just to be real like i'm not happy with my body mm -hmm. but even if you're not happy with it you can still be proud of it and proud of where you've come and where you're going or just the fact that you're able to look at your body and change the way that you would like to think about it and treat it. I think that's a really valid approach, even just as body image, mm -hmm. is to say, no, I'm deciding to be proud of my body, even if I'm not happy with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but just kind yeah, of pride that's internal, I guess. Yeah. Just drawing the line between those two things, I guess, was something I hadn't really considered before. Mm -hmm. It was kind of interesting. Yeah. I think there's... um. There was one line that um, that the the model friend had as well that like particularly stood out to me um, when Cleo had talked about. It, she was like, "Oh, you know, people don't like my music. I went and I played it in a cafe, and they didn't care." And she said, um, "A cafe is not a concert hall." <laughs> um, it's just it's one of those lines that you're like, "Oh man!" Like in the context of this conversation, it's just like you know maybe just like some sort of like flippant thing. And he said, "Well, you know, people will probably like your music, but like that actually has a lot of significance as a line." Um, just in, I guess, in regards to the way that, yeah, again, it's, it's all about like the way we view ourselves more so than it's about the way that other people view us, even though that's the thing yeah. that Cleo is constantly thinking about is how she's being perceived. The entire movie is talking yeah. about how to perceive yourself and the idea of like, kind of there's a, there's a time and a place and what I have is valuable in a certain context in a, in a certain place. Um, but you know, everybody in the cafe doesn't need to like my music, but, but in the concert hall, it's something that can be celebrated. Yeah. Um, it's like, it was like, yeah, you picked a, a random group of people and played your music casually in front of them. Like, you know, some of them might've liked it and some of them were just as likely to not enjoy it. Like, it's just doesn't really matter, but like, yeah, there's also going to be what the concert hall is going to be an entirely different group of people like who are coming specifically to see you. It's like, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we can try to get our value from like the impression that we have on, you know, the person next to us casually, or like, you know, if you're sitting in class and somebody's like, I like your outfit by the way, or whatever that can, that's like the thing, you know what I mean? But, but ultimately it's, there's more importance to be found in like kind of being excellent or, or being who you are in, in that right space, maybe with the right, in the context of the right people. Like it, 
what uh what Antoine thinks of her perhaps more valuable you know mm-hmm. um I don't know I think that's really interesting I don't know. Uh, did did any of us uh, end up doing any like particular points of research? Because <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do the uh, thing where I say all the things all the time. <laughs> well, in the meantime, I will uh, bring up a point about about music that we can yeah. patch in here. Do it. Um, so real quick, I, I wanted to talk about the music in the movie because I read a really interesting piece that I guess we'll probably link. In, in the show notes. Um, but there is, um, I think a lot of really interesting stuff that also happens in the score that just like shows how everything in this movie is exactly in place with where it, hmm. where it should be. I mean, in the opening bit of the movie, as she's leaving the, um, the fortune tellers place and she's walking down the stairs and the music is like in time with her footsteps, like just from the very, offset of the movie you can tell that the sound design is specifically thinking about the music and vice versa um a thing that i thought was really interesting was that the guy who plays the piano in the movie uh is the guy who actually made the music for the film nice um he's really cool and he wasn't originally honestly he to... seems like a cool guy he's not gonna lie he's like everything that you would imagine that kind of music majory type person to be he's he's exactly the person who should be doing that and also totally dateable dateable in my opinion i'll give it to him the, the lyricist other guy, guy not is as really much. funny though <laughs> undateable you might say undateable oh i mean francis reference he, had, he was missing it's fine. <laughs> I feel bad saying this because the whole point of this movie is how other people perceive you and right. how you're not just your body and the way you look. But this one guy was missing a front tooth and it was a little <laughs> off-putting. He was so earnest, though. Like, the bit where the yeah. music stopped and he just continued singing, like, straight forward. And I don't know. He's, he's his own kind of cute, I guess, but... Undateable. it's true it's true <laughs> i'm not saying that i wouldn't be best friends with him sure <laughs> i would have one or two pleasant conversations with him and then would exchange phone numbers and want to keep talking and then forget to reach out like i inevitably do with everybody <laughs> one of those friends where you're like yeah we should hang out sometime soon and then you never do yeah <laughs> yeah that's what that's what we'd be um but but music man hot we'll go with it wow um he looks yeah. like Darren Chris. I don't know who that is. Hot theater guy. Ah. I was about to say. He was guy. Harry Potter in the Very Potter musical. <laughs> I Excellent still need to see that. musical. Uh, I'll get around to it. But I've been hearing about that for a long time now. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll just label him as hot. That's that's our official statement. We have a list, uh, and I guess this is probably the first inductee. Wow. Uh, in the time that you've been on the podcast He's mine. of pod dibs. daddies dibs that man that's that's okay well well you got dibs on this specific pod daddy is that is that the term that we used i, I feel like, like i don't weird. want dibs anymore i, like I don't want your pod daddy <laughs> but i think that's what we were calling i feel like we maybe used that at few. one point but it was a while um, back orson wells oh yeah that's, is that high is, up there that is i think where we started that maybe. um there were others though um, I think Ryan Gosling is just like kind was of Humphrey a Bogart one. Humphrey Bogart did get Pod Daddy status. Mm. We will count him as Pod Daddy status, but you don't have to claim him specifically because it's more creepy probably when you get dibs on a Pod Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I just want dibs on the piano boy. Okay. When he's piano boy, you got dibs on him. When he's Pod Daddy, we all got dibs. Um, his name is uh, Michelle Legrand, though. Okay, and nice. he's cool. And he wasn't going to be. This is my. This is my point. He wasn't going to be in the movie. He was just going to score it. And then Varda just kind of saw him casually chatting with people and whatever. And she's like, "Oh no, you have the charisma. You're exactly the right kind of person. Aww. You you are this character." And so I think this is one of his one of his earlier performances. I mean, he's he's more of a musician than he is an actor, but like so much charisma geez um and yeah there's so there's a there's a really good write-up that just kind of goes step by step through 
each part of the score as as the movie progresses and it it is interesting i think that it uses kind of the um what is it Sautois, uh the without you song that she sings um yeah. as like once that's introduced there it makes its appearance casually throughout the rest of the movie um kind of exploring the end and um like bringing out the different kinds of emotions that she's having as she's kind of still meditating on herself and on on death like there's there's a lot i think to talk about with this movie right we've already talked about the, the idea of like nakedness we've talked about um just kind of self-image um but you can tell that legrand is like very specifically focused on death and grieving and and just kind of darkness in in using santois as something that's being used in completely different ways in different contexts in different musical stylings um until by the end when she's with antoine that that theme is playing um but it's like really light and happy and fine but it's but it's still the same thing and it's and it's specifically without you as you know, they're not going to have much time together because one, he's going into things aren't looking great for her. I just, I don't know. I just find that like another useful bit maybe for, for a rewatch or if you haven't watched the movie yet and you're somehow listening to this, this ramble before watching the movie, um, <laughs> Probably. focusing on the way that that theme is used um, to evoke completely different emotions out of the same idea of death is really fascinating. I was just going to make a comment about music okay, because yes, we've just talked about it please do. that I didn't really notice. <clears throat> so I noticed the, when she was walking at the beginning and I didn't notice the score except for the couple times that it was like, mm -hmm. you know, you know what I'm saying? It got very intense. And I don't even think I noticed it at the end. Hmm. Yeah, it but it was there out. and it was part of the atmosphere if that makes sense yeah well that's that's something that's really interesting i think about well, i mean movies in general once we've gotten to this era especially when every detail is being thought about and it's not just technical limitations kind of getting in the way um but also i think just kind of part of the enjoyment of a good film like that's that's at least this level of quality right where everything's thought about is that every time you watch it you can watch it focusing on a different uh like not even just a different aspect of the film but a completely different medium right like you could spend the entire movie just thinking about the dialogue and just reading into like thematic things within what they're saying and that's a separate medium from the visuals and that's a separate medium from you know the music and i don't know i think that's the thing that like keeps me constantly continually entertained um with 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 movies and why i rewatch patterson a hundred billion times with yes. everybody i know because yes. how could you not there's just so much there i tried to like evangelize that movie to my dad the other day and mm. maybe he'll watch it i have gotten some people to enjoy it and some people to not give a single shit <laughs> at all yeah uh, I've told one person to watch it, and so far that one person loved it. So I feel like one for one, I might as well stop. That's pretty yeah. good. Hey, no the the Patterson evangelism must never die. <laughs> we must bring as many souls with us. I literally think about Patterson afterlife. every single day at this time when <laughs> the light shines on my wall, and it's so pretty, and I'm like. The light shines on them every morning, and they're snuggling, and it's so cute. It really is, Dob. Don't and make me cry. I, <laughs> I love how this is a complete detour now, but I love how like weird and silly and kind of laughable she is at times, and how the movie just kind of like subtly, like lovingly acknowledges that, but it's not like enough to transform the movie into a comedy or to like pit them against each other or to make her a character without death. Mm -hmm. It's just that, that she's kind of weird and that's, that's it. I don't know. I just, I think that's delightful. That's the thing that when I first watched the movie confused me, I guess, as I was like, why are weird things happening? But it's like the movie isn't commenting on it. And then I realized mm -hmm. it's just not poking fun at her. It's just mm -hmm. not, 
it's kind of deadpan. This is just what happens and you can see his reaction and it doesn't need to do that commentary on you to tell you that you need to laugh. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's great. Well, I mean, bringing it back to Cleo from five to seven, but in a sense, they're the most real with each other. Hmm. There are laughable things about Cleo's behavior and she's very silly, but and what did we say his name was? Antoine, I guess. Antoine. Okay, that is what I was going to say. He doesn't laugh at her and he Mm. doesn't mock her for being vain and he doesn't mock her for not loving her lover with all of her. Like he says, women don't give their full selves. They're always afraid to. They hold back. But he doesn't mock her in that. So I feel like it does connect because both movies are relationship goals. That's true. I'm kidding. But yeah. I mean, yes. kind of not. I like... actually, yeah. I, I feel like they're both really good and be, they're so good that like my pessimism is like unrealistic. But, <laughs> but, yeah. but also they're more real than other like... I don't watch something like The Notebook and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I want in my life. Mm-hmm. And I, even though there's lots of aspects of Pride and Prejudice that like totally feed into the way I think about everything all the time, <laughs> um, it's not also like I don't look at Elizabeth and Darcy and like that's what I want, right? Because you never really see them have a relationship, no. really. You, you see them dance around it <laughs> until they decide, okay, I guess this is where we're at. <laughs> but and it ends. But yeah, here we we get to see like something that just automatically works. Sorry, go ahead. Speaking of, mm-hmm. did you see they put the old Pride and Prejudice miniseries on HBO Max? <gasps> I did. You can watch it. Yeah. It's good. It's the best. It's really good. That's the one I grew up on and it'll it's always be better than the new one. It's objectively the best one. Even though the new the one's really one. pretty. It is really pretty. Um and I'm kind of ostracized from our friend group (laughs) because i don't think that the mr darcy in that movie is half as attractive as as uh colin firth no No, you and me both that's why we're twins Alyssa is the only one who doesn't like colin firth and she (laughs) can go have her own opinion it's 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 a thing i am i am i can i can assure you but we've had many experiences i mean i specifically think of that one time that we had a a friend who was talking about how the miniseries was not as good as the the movie and then we discovered that they hadn't ever seen the miniseries yes yes <laughs> that literally that was my best friend maddie we're still best friends i'm not saying like was that w- before we anymore. heard that <laughs> until this conversation no, it's over it was a three year long argument Every time she came over, we would argue about this. And three years into our friendship, she was like, oh, yeah, I haven't even seen it. <laughs> Maddie. Yeah, I don't know. Get that's, your life together. That's rough. But, but hey, we watched it all the way through right then. We did. And I might sitting. have skipped out at one point to walk all the way across the city to go watch Knives Out. But I was there for most of it. Worth it. Because that's yeah. how long the miniseries is. And it's delightful. And I love it. And I will watch it a million times over. Good. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So yeah. what does that have to do with any? Oh yeah. Right. It's Romance. not relationship goals. That isn't exactly relationship goals in the way that this is. Even though the, I still feel like Antoine says things that are just misogynist and upset me, but like clearly not in like a. He doesn't. But he doesn't devalue Cleo. Mm-hmm even though he says things that are like well and even just mm-hmm. the fact that he saw her standing by the water and was like hey what's hey. up and she's like i just love the quiet and he's like me too and she's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah that like that i forget about it every time because at first that bit is so off-putting of him like i just hate it and then by the yeah. end of the movie like within you know five minutes, minutes i'm like into it just yeah he's he's the best yeah. um also dateable in my opinion he's he has a nice face he 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 does he's not my type but he does i'll give it valid I'll that, you know my my type is um 
Orson Welles. <laughs> Period. Excuse me while I Google Orson Welles. <gasps> Holy crap. This is a crime. Like an actual crime to be on this podcast and not have an image of oh. Orson Welles permanently burned into your brain. We'll just have a fourth camera set up here on the, the call that's <laughs> just, a, just, just, just a picture of Orson Welles and it just okay, says, Okay, this Orson Welles? Uh, I'd be probably, okay with. Yeah. I like him when he's got a beard. Oh, I don't know. oh, I was about to show you a picture of him with a beard and say, No, thank you. He just looks scared. Well, not when he looks angry like that. You have to see him in motion. He's okay. an okay. So if you are at all him? interested, yeah, he's nice. Uh, that's a bit. He's a bit older there, but and it's fine. We don't. Hey, I don't need to be shamed for this. Orson Welles is great. He's great. Hey, if you're listening only, you should check the YouTube <laughs> for behind the scenes shots of Orson Welles. Just watch the opening scene of F for Fake, and then you'll get it. Okay. Even though he's okay. significantly old there, okay. he's amazing. Moving also, on. No, okay. I need to defend this real quick. Okay. Before I, I will, I will. My, my piece will be very short, and then we can move on with what matters. Continue. Um, Orson Welles is the patron saint of this podcast. He is perhaps the best performer, actor that we've had featured in this lineup so far. I would say he's given the best performance of anybody. I would say also arguably should be considered amongst one of the greatest actors uh of the era as well as the probably the greatest director maybe of all time um anyway that's all that's my thought. wow yeah that's my know. statement you should watch citizen I kane feel a little chastised <laughs> that's my statement watch <laughs> citizen kane and cry over how perfect it is okay it's pretty okay. good. And also, you have to stand Orson Welles to be on this podcast. You know. Okay. You know uh, who... My name is uh, I, Anna Chase. <laughs> hereby certify that I stand Orson Welles. Back to the movie. We're talking about relationship goals. Yeah. Um, and I just, not to be tacky, but I want to read the last paragraph of my review on Letterboxd. Yeah. Um, so it says, I want to be seen. I want to be naked before someone and have them take the time and the stillness to look at me. I want them to trust me enough to let me see them for who they are. No wigs, no selfish fantasies, no fear. Just the naked first day of summer stillness of themselves. And I feel like... <sighs> I just looked at your name I just and saw you just too. threw me off. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just thinking about what it means to be real and vulnerable with someone and the cost of letting them see you. And I guess in some ways wanting to be worth it, if that mm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like I want someone to deem me as worthy of them, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I want to find someone that's worthy of me. I don't yeah. know musings yeah i mean it, hey when you sent that to me originally i did cry over that bit yeah yeah I, that's beautiful i think that's really well put i think that's uh it's weird because this movie feels like, feels like it has so many different things that you could like get from it but that feels like it's the main like most important piece from it um is the first day of summer nakedness as you put it it makes me think of a poem. Let me find it. Oh, I don't know how to search for it. I listened to a podcast. Uh, maybe if I find it, I'll link it in the description. Yeah. But it's a poem. And the poet's wife is taking art classes. And she's doing, like, human body drawings. They have a nude modeler. I don't know how to... Like, a nude model. Anyway... And he feels really insecure because he's like, oh my gosh, my wife is like looking at this naked man and drawing him. Like, that's so awkward for me. Now she's seen someone else naked. What do I do with this? And so they decide she's going to draw him nude and he's going to write a poem about her. And it's a really beautiful poem. And part of what strikes me about this poem and what the, the podcaster was talking about was that his poem doesn't describe her naked or whatever and her drawing is just his head and shoulders and almost that when you're when you're that intimate with someone it doesn't have to be like a vulgar vulgar naked portrait it's 
that you can really see them for who they are and their realness and that doesn't have to be their just like hmm. body i don't know i don't know if this makes sense no, but that, like that's yeah. what i mean about nakedness where it's like the vulnerability to not need to be naked all the time does hmm. that make sense mm-hmm. i don't know yeah hmm dang you like you you come in here with like truth bombs and philosophical thoughts and i am at a loss for words as to how to respond to them other than to sit and just go hmm. <laughs> but it's yes. a podcast it's <laughs> 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 you have to get good at the like the yoda <gasps> one the i just realized I want to make the the Lego Star Wars Yoda death sound one of our yes. sound buttons. Oh my gosh, it Bruh. has to be. <laughs> that would be uh, awesome. That's, Sorry, that would be really, do. that might be really annoying, but I just realized no, I that I could do that, and I'm like, oh. yeah. It could be the philosophy button. Ooh. Anna, stop philosophizing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good impression of that noise. <laughs> anyway, I had my time playing Lego should, Star Wars. We should also get the button when... Um, Orson Welles goes, moi, the French. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we should have had that for, like, our last few French movies. We should have had it every single We're time. We're going to miss our chance. I almost chatted that. I was saying that aloud to myself throughout most of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I should have chatted it, but I don't know if I'd sent oh. that to you. So I didn't know if it would make any sense because I when I was in person with you and somebody brought up the French, I did that and everybody just ignored me like I didn't say anything. <laughs> and I was like... I definitely did not show that to anybody, but Orson Welles in his late career, very like tragically could not get any of his projects off the ground. And so he did these wine commercials Oh, and he got very drunk for some of them and it's just completely unusable, but there's the blooper footage online of just him trying to, to say things over and over again and just getting it so wrong. It's so good. Sad, but it's so funny. Yeah, it's it's really depressing with context, but without context, it's very funny. Cool. <laughs> so, As is yeah. life. Well, we'll make that one of our buttons as well. If we have some more French films on the way, yeah. then uh, hopefully we can make use of it. Or even if we just discuss them. Yeah, I'll or just bring up Orson Welles anyway. Just whatever. You know? uh, it'll it'll come up. I mean, that's the, okay. So that's specifically why I put Francis Ha on the list is because I wanted to come back mm. to the French New Wave mm-hmm. after the context of so much else happening in film yeah. and see how Noah Baumbach is just somehow magically able to do the French New Wave again. Um, because I think it's it's bonkers. It's uh, I think a lot of people are just kind of. Oh yeah, it's French New Wave inspired and move on. But I, I really think what he's doing there is like very in line with a lot of those sentiments. Um, and I on- honestly think if we're doing your like your wine and cheese pairing or like your your double feature of of movies, I would put these ones together specifically yeah. because they're both talking about I think being known, um, mm-hmm. but one of them in more of a romantic context and one of them very much not. Um, Anyway, so we'll get to that in like a year. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in next year. Uh, well, oh, well. man, it's it's weird thinking about how much there is upcoming. Mm-hmm. Like, we've only made it like a third of the way through. Yep. But we've been doing this, for, and I'm so tired. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep going. I've I've had a really good time. I so yep. far have yet to watch a movie that I legitimately just hate. Like. I will shit on Gone with the Wind because it's worth shitting on, but there were aspects of that movie that I really did enjoy. Um, I don't know. It's been it's been good mm. to be able to see the the fullness of film, even though we skipped over some important stuff like Italian neorealism. Can't but, get it all. Yeah. Can't get it all. Anyway, I highly recommend first watching the movie and then reading this article on the music. Ooh. That's 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 my task for the audience. Do we have any final thoughts or ratings or rankings? I have two topics that I want to briefly oh. bring up. Mm-hmm. I liked the characterization in this movie. Mm. How there were just characters who could kind of come and go often very briefly, but still felt like they were interesting. Like, I guess the taxi driver specifically just kind of left an impact being like, I don't know. 
she was, you know, she's only there for just a few minutes. But I was like, you have interesting stories to tell. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of an interesting person. And you bring out um, different attitudes about women mm. <laughs> from the two women that you were driving around. Yeah. Um, mm. Which was kind of interesting. Yeah, because, yeah, the, her... I don't know. What it, her her yeah. minder. I yeah, don't know. sure. Um, was just like... Oh, she's cool. Yeah. And Cleo's like, like, I think she has courage. Disgusting. Yeah. But like, I don't know. That was interesting. And there's some, some things perhaps to be said about how the movie treats feminism and such, which mm. is kind of cool too. So I liked that. That was good. Uh, and also the cinematography was very interesting. Oh, I such thought good cinema. there were, especially just, I think I noticed it more in the first half, but just like the, the camera would do like these interesting like zooms Hmm. And would there's a part I think when they're playing the piano and doing the songs and like mm-hmm. I think and it's like part swaying. Where it, there was the swaying bit, which was very weird. I feel like I've never seen anything like that. Just kind of like casually, like it wasn't focused on anything a lot of the time. It was just kind of like moving to the music. Oh, and well, it you was got weird. to see all the kittens fighting in the background. They were so good. Or there was just one point I think also in the music where it would just focus on like someone's hand and swing up to someone's face and swing over to someone else's face. I don't know. It would just occasionally do very dynamic, interesting things. And then obviously, I don't know how much of it was legitimately done, I guess, but lots of stuff, again, involving moving cars and driving around that seemed to be uh, I mean, it legit, had to be real. It didn't look At like it, some was, of it. Um, was projected. Yeah, yeah, like it seemed um, like they were doing all that just, yeah, on, on location, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you really do just get to, like, sit there in a car as they're like like you're in the backseat perspective just driving through mm-hmm. paris in the 60s yeah. and you just get to see it and mm-hmm. it's amazing for that alone yeah um yeah like it's it's interesting even to compare this to like roman holiday which we covered previously which like tries to give you this sense of you know rome as they're you know just tra- walking through rome traveling around rome but i don't feel like you get as good of a sense of that city it feels like it's you know, still kind of dramatized, et cetera, way more than this is, which is just like being in a city, which is always what I want to do when I travel is mm. just feel like I'm just present in it rather than like seeing the sights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate it for that. Cool. Oh my gosh. It's like, you're actually seeing it for what it is. You've stripped away all of the vanity <laughs> and the wigs and the selfish wow. ambition and you're just seeing it in its naked form. It in its naked form. That's great. That's fantastic. That's really what all of this is. And I feel like maybe that's a theme in Varda. I've only seen one other movie like film of hers, but that one is just, there is like even less, you know, cinematizing it's just it's even more just flat like you're just witnessing these people um in in that movie uh it's her first one la point court which is usually considered like maybe the first french new wave film hmm. um is yeah just these people in like abject poverty in these these weird conditions and you're just kind of sitting there with them as like hmm. a child dies like there's just there's a lot and you're just in it with these people. Wow. Um, I don't know. It's, it's fascinating stuff. I have only seen two movies of hers, and they're both kind of masterpieces, in my opinion. And uh, it's a shame that uh, Aiden wasn't able to be on, um, because I know he really, really likes Agnes Varda. Um, mm-hmm. But he is quarantined. Uh, Poor guy. But yeah let's join us next time probably yeah and maybe we can get a rant uh, uh about a rant yeah. next time that'd be very exciting <laughs> i would like it indeed um yeah i don't know more to think I, now i feel like i need to rewatch it me too <laughs> I'll but it. it's i'm really... also writing a paper kind of about seventh seal so that's on my mind mm. i'm like i'll just watch the whole thing again it's like no anna your paper is due tonight Mm. I have had that problem even with my uh, my thesis of being like I can just rewatch Kurosawa movies, and mm-hmm. then realizing that I never have three hour chunks to spare somehow, and they're always three hours long, and I need to watch three of them 
but it's so mm. much easier if I just go to the scene that I was thinking of to write on and then like. But you gotta get in context. But I and I do, but I don't have time and I'm stressed anyway. It's fine. It's great. I've just been doing individual close readings for the majority of my thesis, and I actually think it's working. I feel good about it. I'm excited to um, Aiden. Oh, I will reveal this now. Like it's a magical, big, important thing for the <gasps> one person still listening. Um, we are considering doing a like sort of YouTube oh, yeah. series yeah. Um, yeah. that goes through the history of film, but more kind of in condensed specific chunks um, of different movements and, and directors kind of taking from a lot of the people that we have covered a lot of the movies we've covered, but repackaging that and bringing in more context. Um, and I will, we will get to the one where I am just going on a big long Kurosawa rant, essentially presenting my thesis. So <laughs> that one will be probably not fun at all for anybody, but I will get it we off my get chest. You in, like business attire and yeah. give you like a lectern <laughs> and a laser pointer. I could do it. You pull yeah. it off. Yeah. I, yeah, I am planning on probably TAing for a class in Japanese film in the future, Ooh. in which case I will be giving lectures in that class. So Very this cool. is, I guess, good practice for that. I think I decided to change my minor to English because I want to take all of the English classes and I already know from my roommate that all of the intercultural studies classes are lame. Then so that's gonna you should happen. definitely you should definitely do it also like intercultural studies like your whole life is intercultural like yeah. experience anyway right so yeah you already kind of know what you're doing just like respect people it's not that hard <laughs> right. y'all that's uh, true um cool do we have any final like thoughts rankings is this is this your favorite movie we've watched so far i think my hot take is that this movie pretty good mm. it's pretty good controversial debatable take, but, mm. you know i just because i need to be um devil's advocate here uh fuck this movie <gasps> get Holy out shit. five wow. stars wow. but also zero out of ten don't recommend but watch it please <laughs> I'm five kicking star you out like, i hate it you should honestly no no but it is really good and i would say that it's probably up there in the top echelons i think it it's probably the only movie we've covered that made me tear up. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, it was specifically the Santois moment is actually is what got me. Um, when it just like she, all of a sudden she's singing to the camera and there's just a straight black backdrop. And then mm-hmm. all of the like strings come in, even though they're not actually there in the scene. Mm-hmm. And it just, everything about that bit is like fascinating. Yeah. Um, anyway, but you know, it wasn't Hollywood, it wasn't American, so it didn't like, you know, win best picture or something like that, you know, it could have though, it should have, um, but you know, we got our weird, stupid Hollywood bias that has really been frustrating the more we watch these movies, because I really feel like you could split the movies down. Hollywood is the bottom half. And then like everything else is the top half of these movies for me. Um, there's still, there's still some good stuff in there. And then of course you have Orson Welles breaking all of the rules by being a magical American somehow, which is, shouldn't be possible. Anyway, I'm done. He's just like that. Hunter, do you have a quote for us? Yeah. As, as, we, as we say, when we end the podcast, and for once we're prepared to do the thing. I'm probably going to misquote it. Are you going to say it in French? <gasps> Go. No. You have to I do don't know French. French. No. Eh, I'm just, eh, oui. I just want to give the best piece of advice I've ever gotten from a movie ever, which is never wear new clothes. Um, to, to a Tuesday. Wait, why did you snap when I was gonna snap? That's not fair. Just, you know, because uh, I'm a snapper. Dang it! I just had no idea, and now that's gonna like change how I live my life. So mm. I know. You better and, be careful because you are always shopping on Tuesday specifically, and you get so excited, 
and you just instantly want to put it on whatever you i mean that's what you do tuesdays are the best days of the week tuesdays are number one shopping days for me i think i try to log it yeah Mm. well no okay i hate tuesdays for anything else but for specifically clothes shopping i feel like i get good results hunter has an opinion about tuesdays i don't but i just thought <laughs> <laughs> wait you look like you were really excited to say something oh, I, I want to make sure you say I, I, it. Did, I did i was just it wasn't about tuesdays <laughs> well it just made i got to think about oh like it was funny how like superstitious they were about stuff like that just consistently bringing up things like that was just kind of funny which also made me remember that it was very interesting that the tarot cards bit in the beginning was in color yeah we didn't and, even dudes, talk about that um, i literally didn't realize yeah. that until the end of the movie and you texted me and you were like <laughs> did you notice and i was like it was, yeah. it was so interesting because like yeah towards the end of that scene like literally cutting back and forth between the cards in color and their faces in black and white and just like back and mm. forth i was like whoa this is weird but interesting i noticed that it was like a really crisp like we're seeing the cards and then we finally yeah. get to see their face but i didn't notice that it went to black and white because i'm <laughs> It's, I guess not paying attention. That's the bit that stood out to me most when I first watched the movie. It, it when people talk about like movies that transition from black and white to color or whatever, and Wizard as we've of discussed, Oz. Wizard of Oz should not be counted because it's technically sepia. Um, <laughs> but and so they're they're like still filming with color stock, I think for that i don't i don't remember how it worked we went through it and it was a weird episode that i don't think we actually put up on youtube i think that was the one episode we forgot to put (laughs) on youtube how i missed that which is good whatever happened because we had some very controversial takes on that episode yikes um but that's the bit that stood out to me most is like the cinematography of those cards and it just looking so drastically different between the faces and i still don't know what the significance of that is i don't know but it's really interesting yeah i liked that and i liked how they put some of the opening titles on top of the cards as she was laying them out that was kind of cool too it's really cool yeah agnes vard is kind of not fair right like everything about this movie is so interesting like the music is fantastic and like they had to record all of these songs and and write all of this stuff in addition to doing the score and the score is perfectly in time with everything and then on top of that the cinematography is really interesting it's like a very notable film that transitions from color to black and white and never goes back mm-hmm. um there's there's so many magical amazing weird things about this movie that are just exactly in time and then when you watch it it's just it's just one co- cohesive whole that already just has a lot of thematic things to talk about so mm-hmm. I don't know. It's good. It's good. Good movie. Yep, yep, yep. Give it a five. Oh. That's my rating. Heck yeah. I nodded for the audio listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we all yod. Yod. <laughs> yod. I said yod. We all yod. <laughs> we all yod now. <laughs> it's yodding time. Yes. <laughs> Um, I think I'm gonna go yawning now. It's, it's yawning time. It's ending the potting time. We'll we see good. you later, guys. Bye. Join us next week. Join us next week for Harakiri. Oh yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> Exciting movie. That's gonna be. I'm gonna have to rant again. Dang it. Oh no. I'm sorry. Buckle your seatbelts, kids. <sighs> Thank goodness, another movie. I've. I, this will be my second watch for. Hooray. Hooray. So I maybe have a better grasp on talking about it. Yeah, that one's <laughs> gonna be fun. All right, see you. Bye. Bye. stop recording that was now weird. i will also stop recording Boop. i feel it like fine i feel like we pulled it together in the end but it, it has you know the feeling of like oh, it's been too long since we've been recording and it's okay whatever thank you for bringing in i feel like we're done all the good things anna again saving my butt every time no we tag team because you're like the music and i'm like i was too busy thinking about <laughs> I was about to say I was too busy thinking about being <laughs> naked, but that's not what that's I was. That's a good way to put it. It's more complicated than it sounds. <laughs> <laughs>
And we have stopped recording, right, uh, everyone? Yep. The audio is still recording. Should I stop it? No, we're still recording. Hey, show that video of the wine man. That's what I was going to do. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, I got these cupcakes. This is what I was eating last night. They're, can't do I'm that. just going to read you, gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free, soy-free, rice-free, corn-free, potato-free, coconut-free, and canola-free. Is it air? What's re- What's left? It's really good, though. That's incredible. How does that yeah. happen? How I don't know, but they're really good. Food and make it good. I mean, like, they're kind of dry, but they're free of everything. That's kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Let me do it in... Uh, I did! I did! Uh, Take a chill pill! Okay. Welcome, Deal with your hormones. Welcome to... Hey, make blah. sure you share computer oh audio, gosh. too. Yes. Oh, <laughs> it like knows. <laughs> Wait, let me come back to oh, the frame. Yeah, Where's share computer audio. Mix? Where do oh, I go no. to the thing? Unshare. Unshare. Stop share. And then okay. if you like, when you open up the window and it's like share screen, then you like say share computer audio. It's like down in the bottom left. Share sound. There we go. Yep. Richard kiss, Pace. kiss, Tarkon. Am I? Oh, I'm your yeah, microphone you... audio is muted, which is how you wanted it. I think. Oh, but I'm trying to. I don't oh, know. but I can still hear oh. you. I don't know. Okay. If, well, yeah, uh, our, our um, both of our microphones are coming through my end. I'm trying to get it to my computer. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay, here we are. Let's see how the computer audio goes. I can't uh, hear. Yeah, it. I don't think it's working. <laughs> I can't hear it, but this is funny anyway. Oh, there it goes. Oh. Maybe. Yeah. Actually, no, okay, yeah, that's working. Just do anything? No, it's a, sorry, cut. <laughs> no, rolling. 102, take two. Ah, the French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson, inspired by that same French excellence. It's fermented in the bottle, and like the best French champagne, it's vintage dated. So, pour my son. 102, take three. 102, take three. The French (laughs) champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by inspired by that same French excellence. It's fermented in the bottle and like the best French champagne, it's vintage dated. So Paul Masson soup. Imagine being told that like, oh, you're gonna work with the greatest actor of all time, greatest director. That lady looks so bored. She's just like She's not having it. Ah the French. Then you just have to sit there through that for I don't even know how long. But it is interesting because there are also outtakes of him like being fully sober at like other ad reads and him critiquing the ad and like his critiques are like really on point and like very interesting when he's like, and he's the only person that's like, when he's like, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're talking about. This should be this way. He's the only person who can be right about that. And it's great. Anyway. Classic Orson. I like that guy. Classic it's weird Orson. that that's going to be your first introduction to him, and then you're going to go watch, like, the masterpiece of masterpieces. <laughs> Actually, so far, I've seen four of his movies, and every single one of them could be considered that. Like, he just... Bonkers. And Wait, also... is he the guy in As You Like It? No. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Ignore dead, my whole face. I think. Yeah. I think he died in 85. Yeah, I think um, that movie came out in like the early 2000s. It's the Kenneth Branagh one. Yeah, oh, yeah not not in that one. Um, but he did do a version of Othello, which is like very well known and well regarded. He also did one of Macbeth. He's done a few Shakespeare adaptations. And he and he and he also did F for Fake, which is like. In which the yeah that's a that's that's a symbol from that movie. Um, is it really? I think I feel like yeah. Bro, I'm psychic. The, the entire movie is like yeah, 
Oh, that's what it was. Oh my gosh! Wait, yeah. this. Yeah. That. Yeah. Except it's this it's, size. Uh, anyway. It doesn't look like he's actually holding anything. No. Like, or no. Hey, it is. it's oh. so cool. It's like smoky or something. It's narrative, but it's also a documentary. But it's also not, and it there's it literally doesn't fit <gasps> into a genre. What? Have you guys seen Baraka by oh, Ron yeah. Frick? We've talked about that. I I can't remember what the last. It's freaking amazing! <laughs> oh my gosh, it blew my whole world. It's run freaking amazing. No, amazing. I think I have it on my um. Yeah, it's I have it the on my only office. movie that I digitally own. I bought it on Google Play for two dollars. <laughs> it's mine. It's so good. I watched it with it's Tim. Mine. And it was the last movie we, that we watched in the first summer of Movie Club. And, like, he kind of had been, like, secretly planning, like, the whole season to, like, build up to that movie. That's so, cool. like, we watched, like, Faces Places. I think Faces Places was the one we watched right before this one, hmm. which is a Agnes Varda and JR movie. Very good. It's kind of like a non-narrative documentary. But this one is a non-narrative documentary. And it's just, like, beautiful things. Like, there's not... It's, like... Okay, we're gonna watch the rainfall for 20 seconds now and then we're gonna watch this monkey like taking a bath and then we're gonna watch traffic for a little bit and it hmm. like doesn't really have hmm. anything to it but because we're humans our brains are like there's a story there's a puzzle i must solve it and so we solve it and the entire secret of the world is solved after you watch the movie because hmm. your brain is like oh my gosh the meaning of life. It's very like Koyaskatsi. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah. I guess I should stop recording.